words from the hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. Father, I just thank you for today. Thank you that we have seen eyes and hearing ears. My brother that took the um, beginning of service, he went into my computer and just picked up my notes. My first line was, we pray for seeing eyes and hearing ears. We're talking about inheritance. But before we talk about that, Pimo, with your permission, I have some words to share before I go into the message. I'm going to go back to the importance of seeing ears and seeing eyes and hearing ears. But you know, Habakkuk says, I will watch to see what you will see. So, okay. It's important to hear and hear from God. It's very important. And when you hear, it's important to check because you can hear and think you've heard from him, but really the idols of our hearts are, is what will you know, promote and encourage us in what we have heard. 24 years ago, maybe 25 years ago, in the church that I went to, it was a custom to have promise baskets. So there were words, you went in, you picked a word, you got a word and you went and you, it was a way for us to learn scripture it was also a way for us to hear you know from God and so I picked a word it was a big decision a huge decision in front of me and the first word I picked and if you know me you will know if you know my story you will know this scripture it was Amos 3 3 and it says can two walk together except they be what in agreement so I rejoiced. Ah, yes. We're in agreement. Therefore, ah, we're working together. But there was a check. And the Holy Spirit said to me, pick another word. Ah, pick another word, Bawu. We're working, we're going. And I picked another word. And it was Psalm 23, verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In youthful exuberance, I just discarded it. But four years later, I understood what he meant when he said, can two work together except they be in agreement? And when I rejoiced, he said, okay, I will be your shepherd. Sure you want to do it. We are going to go and walk, even though you may not be in agreement. I will walk. It's okay. I'm your shepherd. You will lack nothing. And this word is for somebody. I don't know who that person is, but the Holy Spirit does know. There's a decision, literally. And you know how they say we're in the valley of decision. We're in that valley. And you are hearing, but there's a check. Like I got that check. I ignored it. And I went ahead. And but for God, but for God, he kept me. He was my shepherd. He looked after me. I lacked nothing. But there's so it was a it was a reroute. It was a, a, necessary, a necessary diversion. Do you understand? It was an unnecessary diversion. So I beg of you. 
Pray for seeing eyes. Pray for hearing ears. Don't run. Don't just run aimlessly. We are not children. We're not babies. When you hear a word, check. In this house, we have mothers. We have fathers. Take the word. Give them the full context. You know how we can be. Just small. It's like this. Tell them the whole thing and you'll be guided. That's for somebody. In this house, as I prepared for this message, I, I felt, and I know when I feel, I know that, you know, my father speaks to me. The heavenly blueprints are to be downloaded this morning. We're going to receive divine instructions concerning his word. The word in your hand. When Moses got to the Red Sea, they said to him, he said, oh, what are we going to do? Where are we? He says, why are you shouting? Why are you talking to me? What's in your hand? So that's for somebody. In this house, Pimo, I hear that they're gatekeepers. They're gatekeepers in this house. They're watchmen also. Gatekeepers, watchmen, they're solutionaries. It's a season of solutionaries being born. What's, what is a solutionary? Or who is a solutionary? People who bring solutions to nutty problems. People who don't even know they have the capacity, but they just say to them, say, oh, I need this done. And somehow you have a solution. And then say, how did you know? I don't know. They told me. This house is entering the season of solutions. Solution bringing. Thank you, Jesus. So we're solutionaries. Like Joseph. Like Esther. Like Daniel. It's not about the pulpit. It's not about the forefront. It's not about, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, that's not what it's about. Esther, Joseph, Daniel were all in the background. Yet... They brought solutions to kingdoms. That's for somebody. It says we will stand before kings, isn't it? And not mere men. Kings are usually ordinary men, but the minute they wear a robe, they become kings. Kings of industry. Kings of business. Whatever sphere of influence you work in, you are going to bring solutions to that sphere. I receive it for my sphere, my legal sphere. I will bring solutions. I may have said amen already. <laughs> Many will begin to dream more. Pimo. Many will begin to dream. They'll come to you. I say, Pimo, I had this dream. I don't understand. And he will give you the, he's giving you the gift. You have the gift of interpretation. In this house, in this family, dreams will be interpreted. That nations will come looking for the solutions that we bring. We begin to see more visions. See, eh? It's going to be like TV. You'll just be walking, minding your business. You just get... I'm playing, but I'm not playing. If you know me, I'm not joking. 
this is not what I plan to do. It's open vision time. And as you see those visions, as you dream those dreams, my brothers and sisters, record them, journal them. Because when the time comes, you will know what to do. Like the sons of Issachar, you understand the times. In this house, we understand the times, we understand the seasons. We know what to do. We know what to do. It's a declaration. I know what to do. I am not confused. I am not worried. I don't, I'm, I'm not running helter-skelter. We know what to do in this house, in this season. Don't be afraid when you begin to see those visions, when you begin to see those dreams, when you begin to like, you know, you dream, it's like, oh my God, you wake up and you can't, re you say, oh, I can't remember. That's not your portion. Holy Spirit, ask him to bring it back and immediately download. Please put your phones by your beds, you know, not for TikTok or Instagram, but with your voice notes. So as you wake up, many of us will wake up in the middle of the night, will make recordings. When you wake up in the morning, you won't even remember that you did it because we are downloading nuggets, heavenly strategies, heavenly nuggets. Do you understand? Nuggets, gold, you know, gold, gold. They're just going to drop. That's the season we're going to in this house. We are his presence carriers. We carry his presence. You walk into a room and then I don't know what happened. Why, what, 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 who are you? I'm nobody. I'm just a Jesus girl. Okay. I'm just a Jesus man. That's the season we're entering into. We are presence carriers. We release the essence of Jesus everywhere we go. Proverbs 25 verse 2 says, God conceals the revelation of his word in the hiding place of his glory. But the honor of kings is revealed by how they thoroughly search out the deeper meaning of all that God says. He is speaking. We have a responsibility to thoroughly dig. This is a time for digging. Time for digging, digging. You go back, you go and search. Go and ask the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is there when you get these revelations. Ask him to interpret them for you. Ask him to tell you what it means. Don't be afraid to approach. Don't be afraid to go. Go to your father. He is your father. He is waiting. He is waiting. There's so much that he has inside of him that he wants to pour inside of us. We just need to come. We just need to go. And he pours. More than ever, holiness, righteousness is key in this season. He's a merciful God, we know. But holiness, righteousness are key to this season. Amen? Okay, now, the cocoa of the matter. You know, this past week, every meeting I went to, every time I interacted with Pastor Moses, I said to him, hmm, Pimo, you are preaching my message. Why are you like this? Pimo, you are preaching my message. Everyone the last four weeks has come on this stage to say, it's like you went into my notes, you know, from the Builder's Code to Mana, Moses, it's finished, no more, you know, Jolof. Then, Acacia Grove. Then, we had the Holy Spirit. And you know, when um, Dami asked me for 
the topic was a month ago. I went to check this morning, 2nd of January. And I'm like, how will I know what I'm going to say a month ahead of time? I, why, why are you people like this in this place? Our Efiko is plenty. But she says, Mama, you will find it. And I did. You know, and even what I did, we, we tweaked again yesterday. But that's how, which is why the slides we had and everything had to go to the bin. Because it, we, the message is fresh from him as he wants it to be. We're a house of patterns. We are a house of patterns. Patterns, not patterns woven by ourselves, but patterns put on us by the Holy Spirit. We are a house, as we were told during the conference, after the order of Numbers 9, 15. We move with the cloud. We move with the pillar. We don't lag behind. Because if we lag behind, the Malachites are there. They're going to bite us. And we don't like biting. So we're talking about, this morning, we're talking about um, reclaiming your promised inheritance. My brother talked about Abraham. And we'll run through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and Joshua to get to where we really begin to speak. And we know that story. You know, I like the example you gave of how he... Abraham was there. Lot was there. Abraham says, what do you want? He says, I want to go towards the east. Isn't it? And then, what, what struck me was that after that, when God was talking to Abraham, he didn't exclude the east. He didn't exclude the east. So the moral of the story really is that it's not whether you go north south, east or west, you are the blessing. He said, in blessing, I will bless you. Isn't it? Ha. Genesis 12. In blessing, I will bless you. He will multiply you. Your children will be like the sand, the sand on the, and the stars in the sky. So, <laughs> sand in the sea and stars in the sky. My mommy will beat me. Don't know English. <laughs> you know, and so it didn't matter where a lot took the most, what he saw, more lush, green, the green, remember I fly, the green looks really nice and lovely. But still, what did he meet? The blessing. You are the blessing. You are the blessing. So wherever you go, they say there's famine in the land. The money is the one million to one. Story, story, story. Why? I'm the blessing. After all, wasn't it Jacob that sold in a time of famine? It's amazing. It's is it Isaac. Thank you, sir. It's amazing. In the time of famine, you sow and then you... It's not one fold. We think hundred times. Isn't hundred times or hundred fold? Amen. So the story of the Israelites, they, they leave 
um, from just um, Joseph is in Egypt. They get to Egypt. They leave. They're there. Moses gets them out. They get to the promised land. We've gone through this. They get to. He sees the promised land. Mount Nebo. You're not going to go in. Okay, sir. I'm not going to go in. Thank you, sir. You're going to die. All right, sir. And then immediately they go to the next page. Joshua, my servant. Moses is dead. Arise. Get on. Blah. And then he begins. And when we finish the book of Joshua, he got a fair bit of land. That was the land. They got the land. But they faced periods of, after Joshua became the time of the judges. And after judges, then they had the kings. And after the kings, that's when, in fact, by the time, the time of judges, they would say, oh, there was, there was this judge, there was maybe one judge, one line. My favorite judge is Shamga. You don't hear anything about him. There was Shamga, finish. Shamga. That's all. Two lines in the Bible. Shamga is a judge. Othniel, Deborah, you know, um, um, you know all the other judges. It, <clears throat> even Samson. Samson was a judge. So they go, so we're journeying. Journey with me as we go. So we're journeying. And how, what has this relevant to us in the 21st century? I'm coming. So, they lost the promised land. They lost it. They went into Babylon. Captivity. Assyria took them. But even in that land, even in the strange land, there was still a remnant who was thinking of home, who remembered. And there, I, my favorite guy in the Bible, Mr. N, Mr. Nehemiah, Here's some news. Ha, ah, it's broken. Oh my goodness, I have to go back. He goes back and he builds. And you know, a friend of mine who I call my rabbi, you know, he taught us how, you know, it's a sheep gate that was first opened, that was first built. When he got there, it was the priests that began to build. Because even the church, the temple was broken. It was finished. And so building began. Till today, they are fighting on that land. So how is it relevant to us? We just went through that for general knowledge. So, in 21st century, what is your inheritance? Like my brother said, he says, how do you see? Or did you say, what do you see? I like to ask, how do you see? When Jesus healed that man, the man that said, I see men as trees. Jesus said, how do you see? He said, I see men as trees. Jesus didn't leave him. He said, okay, come. One more. One more touch. Sometimes we need to ask for a second touch. There is no, there's no shame. There's no shame. See, that time when I picked that Amos 3.3, if it wasn't say. Useful exam, I should have said, excuse me, please. What does this really mean? Do you understand? Instead of running and running and running like Forrest Gump, running, running until... Hmm. So, I ask you this morning, but thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his mercy. So, I ask you this morning, are you a child? Are you a son? Are you a servant? Have you overlooked your inheritance? 
Have you abandoned your identity in Christ? Have you given up on your possessions as a joint heir? Have you let the cares of the world prevent you from stepping into the mansion of your inheritance? You know, we know what inheritance is. Somebody dies, they write uh, a will, and then you get, you know, some, sometimes you get a lot, sometimes you get a little, sometimes you get nothing. It depends on your, the nexus and the heart of the person who is bequeathing what they're giving out. This spiritual inheritance we're talking about, we've talked about the land of Canaan. We're talking about the land filled with milk and honey. Now we're talking about our own inheritance. New Testament now. With It's not a future promise. It's not all something that's going to come in the by and by. It's something that impacts us now. It affects the way we live now. It informs the way we move, the way we, we talk, the way we dress, the way we interact, the way we do business. That inheritance. And you're wondering, how can it impact the way I move? Because the price that was paid is too high for you, quite frankly, to take the mickey with this inheritance. And how do I know that this, this inheritance is relevant for you? The Spirit, Romans 8, 16 to 17 says, the Spirit himself, big S, Spirit, himself bears witness with our spirit, small s, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If we indeed suffer with him, then we may also be glorified together. Amen? Amen. On Wednesday, when we're doing prayer meeting, you know, Pimo talks about joint heirs. And it was like, you know, co-heirs. And, you know, is it like a junior, junior brother, junior heir? And he said, no, it's not junior heir. When you're a joint heir, it's together. So if Jesus is the main heir, Abi, he's the son of God, son of the father, and I'm a joint heir, it means we're together. Where he steps like this, I st he goes into the golden streets, I step in with him. Do you understand? But if I don't know, then I don't benefit. So I'm going to illustrate this, um, this our inheritance with a story. Um, and I'm going to use some, it's going to be a mansion. So that's the analogy I'm going to, you know. The promised inheritance we know the basis of covenant. We know the covenant that was cut with Abraham. We know that we are children of Abraham. We know we are being grafted. You know, even when we, we're not quite sure, we know the Bible says that we are, we are you know, we're not supposed to be there. Really, we're not part of the original plan, but by grace and his mercy, we're grafted into it. So we become joint heirs. So it, it means that he steps into, um, the, just imagine a really beautiful mansion and you have a right to go in there. When God said to Abraham, follow me. He says, come with me, follow me. I will make you into a great nation. We are that great nation. Exceedingly bless and prosper you. I will make you famous so that you'll be a tremendous source of blessing to others. That's, that's who we are. 
So this is my mansion. This is my beautiful mansion. My inherit. This is my inheritance. It's my own mansion. I can share it with you because I'm kind. But let's walk through it. It's a grand, beautiful mansion. It's not, you know that green, serene landscape? That's where it is. My benevolent and loving relative has given me this mansion. Remember, the mansion represents my spiritual inheritance in Christ. Each room, each artifact and piece of art within that mansion represents different parts of that inheritance. And I'll give you some examples. In this mansion, in this my you know, inheritance, there's eternal life, which Jesus promised me. He gave me. And he gave you too. He says, I will never perish. And neither shall anyone snatch me out of his hand. That's my inheritance. Salvation is part of my inheritance. In fact, the greatest miracle in the Bible, as far as I'm concerned, is the salvation of a soul. Because once you taste of God and you come into the fold and you become a joint heir with him, that's it. Of course, you have some wobbles here and there. But once you taste and see that the Lord is good, that salvation is yours. It's part of, it's what he gave me. He died so that I, believing in him, once I believe, I can live literally forever. And you know what I mean. The forgiveness of sins, justification before God, you know, reconciliation with him, that's what salvation gives me. It's my inheritance. That's our inheritance. Adoption. Adoption is part of my inheritance. I told you, we're not supposed to be part of the plan. But by his grace, he brings us in. That's your inheritance. If we're reading a will, so and you say, okay, so eternal life, I give to Lara. Um, salvation, I'm giving to Lara. If you want to take it, take it. But me, I've taken mine. Adoption, I'm, I'm taking her in. So, when you adopt a child, they become your child. Everything you own becomes theirs. That's our inheritance. The Holy Spirit, He even gave us the Holy Spirit as your inheritance. Do you understand? So it means that ah, He's indwelling us, He's all around us. I can tap into, say, excuse me, big brother. I'm not understanding this Amos 3.3. Say, you foolish girl. Listen, this is what you're supposed to do. You are going to do something else. It's okay. I will be with you. Uh, he comforts me. He guides me. He teaches me. That's our inheritance. He indwells me. He counts me worthy to dwell inside of me. He is God. The Holy Spirit is not God's PA. Nor Jesus' assistant PA. He is God and he chooses to dwell inside of us. That is part of our inheritance. The spiritual gifts. I know that some people say I only I, I they say you can only have one. Some people say you can only have two. Some people say it's not yours at all. They say it's the old times, it's not now, it's in the Bible. Take it, it's yours. 
spiritual gifts, part of your inheritance. So if he was reading the will, he would read number one, number two, number three. Tell me that spiritual gifts are part of mine. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. You know, when we fellowship with your best friend, you know how you feel. You know, yesterday after I spent some time with some ladies, my friends, and we had such a lovely time, we were relaxed. And you know, he said to me, do you see how you are with this, your friends? Eh? Imagine you are with me like that, with, with me all the time. That's what I want. This joy that you get, that's, it's, it's part of what he, he gave us to benefit from being his children. Peace. Comfort, grace. You know, I like the message version of grace, um, of um, Genesis 6, 8. He says, Noah was different. God liked what he saw in Noah. Noah was different. There were many men, many people walking around that time, doing anyhow, behaving any which way they wanted. But they said Noah was different. You know, our Old school versions will say, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That is part of your inheritance. Your difference sets you apart, but it draws his attention. And then they stop and say, oh, what's going on there? Oh, okay, yes, that's Noah. Ah, I trust Noah. See him? That's your inheritance. What about... Love, love, the love of God, the love of God, this love, you know, we talk about, say, oh, you know, and this is the month of love, <clears throat> all the lovers, <laughs> we're not talking about that type of love, not the traffic love that will cause traffic, won't be able to go anywhere, we're not talking about that type of love, we're talking about how God, First John 4.10 says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we, were, we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins. That's your inheritance. Fellowship with other believers. Things like this. Homes, places like this. Where we come and iron sharpens iron. It's part of our inheritance. Forgiveness is part of our DNA to forgive, you know. It's hard. It's hard. But as a joint heir with Christ, you're expected to forgive. Considering how God has so graciously forgiven us, what right do we have to hold anything against others? And in my notes, I wrote, ouch. What else is part of our inheritance? Purpose. You know, we can have, nowadays we can now have three day, four days, seven day retreats. We can have six week courses on purpose. How to find your purpose. Looking for your purpose as if it's lost. It's not lost. It's part of your inheritance. Jeremiah was told, says, <laughs> before you were formed in your mommy's room, I knew you. Will you not go back to the person who knew you before you were formed and ask him what your purpose is. It's part of your inheritance. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, 
says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. When we are looking for purpose, we're thinking of the future. Go back to source. Remember I told you that this, my inheritance, is, I'm using the, a mansion. It's a really beautiful mansion as um, example. So I'm moving to the mansion. Move with me as I go. And I notice, unfortunately, that the path to this mansion is overgrown. I can't see it. I can't even guess when this is my shoe. Hey, it's like Chukuchuku is going to chuck me. I won't be able to go. There are weeds, there are brambles on the way to this path. Remember, I've told you what the mansion represents the inheritance that we get from our Father. But I'm looking, I'm trying to get to, the, to this inheritance and then everything is covered by weeds. The overgrown path is my neglect. It's my neglect. How will I have, how will I know that I'm having all of those wonderful things and yet I neglect to acquire to ensure that I go for it. Distractions. Temptations. They make me neglect and forget the path to my spiritual inheritance. You know, in the parable of the sower, when Jesus said, you know, some seed fall among the thorns. And he says, when he gave, us, gave the interpretation to disciples, he says, those who hear the word, but the worries of the world and deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. Those are, those, those are the things that stop us from taking our inheritance. Neglect leads to the loss of inheritance because the weeds and brambles have grown. What else causes us to lose this inheritance or not take it? Sin. You know, we don't talk about sin anymore in the church. Nobody talks about hell. My friend was telling me the other day that, you know, when she tells a lie, <laughs> that her daughter will say, hmm, mommy, hell is real. <laughs> because, you know, there, there are all sorts of slangs that we use. Oh, all liars go to... Hmm? Hmm... They, thank you. Somewhere they roast in the lake of fire. Okay. But we don't talk about that anymore. But sin, sin, worldliness will stop us from grabbing our inheritance. It obscures the beautiful view of my wonderful mansion. Danger of doubt and fear also prevents me from getting my inheritance. Doubt and fear can lead us to live as if the promises of God are not for us. It's not for me. Ah, no. Did God really say? You know, Genesis 3, did God really say? We're still moving sometimes. The children of Israel said, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Doubt, fear will stop me from claiming my inheritance because I think, oh, can I really do it? They say, come and do this thing. 
They are calling you. Come and do it. Ah, no. And let we go. I can't go. Okay. And they leave you. I can't get your inheritance, my inheritance, if I'm afraid, if I'm doubting. The prodigal had to make a U-turn. He went off. Worldliness, enjoy, lao lao. And then one day he woke up and realized that, you know what? I have a mansion full of blessings, full of inheritance that, why am I sitting here with pigs? Excuse me, I'm going to go back home. He forgot about the shame and all the mess and how his brother was going to lay into him, how everybody was going to abuse him. He had done their uh, so he had done something that was abominable. In Jewish history, in Jewish culture, you don't get your inheritance before your father dies. But the Bible tells us that his father was waiting. He was waiting for him, waiting for him to come back. And they said, you know, you know, they used to wear dresses. They used to wear trousers. So I can't imagine him waiting by the window. And as this prodigal boy is coming back, he grabs his dress and is running. Running, running. No drama today. The cares and riches of the world can distract us from recognizing and pursuing our spiritual inheritance. We want to be like, we want to be cool. Especially, I know we have some teenagers in the house, I think. You know, we want to be cool. We want to, you know, just blend with um, everyone else. You know, we're often, sometimes you say, oh no, me, I don't want to blend. I just do my holy things. I do this, I, my prayer watches, and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes even that is a distraction and doesn't allow you actually come into real fellowship and grab your inheritance. You can't find your way to the, to the mansion because you're doing, 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 just doing. Doing what you don't need to do. So, I like the scripture. It's one of my favorites this time. Um, Ecclesiastes 10, 7, where it says, I've seen something very strange. Servants riding Ferrari and sons doing Bolakaja, trekking on foot because we're distracted. And then I look further and I, okay, so I've managed to get through to this mansion. The gates are locked. Hey, locked key. How, why, why, why are the gates locked? And then I hear, behold, I'm standing at the door, knocking. If your heart is open to hear my voice and you open the door within, I will come into you and feast with you and you will feast with me. So when you talked about the feast, the man who creates the table, not only is he the waiter, not only does he prepare the meal, you were in my notes. He's calling us this morning. But we're saying the door is locked. And what is that locked door? My hesitation. I'm hesitant. Oh, do you know what I've done? Do you know where I've been? I can't come. I can't get into this door. The door is locked. 
but he's inviting you this morning and saying, come. There is a hesitation to the invitation to come. Don't hesitate, just come. And you're wondering, how am I going to come? The gates are locked, you know. And the locked gates I have here, doubt, hesitation, inhibitions, my past, my self-inflicted barriers. I've built up walls. Me, myself, and I, I don't want trouble. I have my boundaries, my boundaries, you know, my boundaries. I'm keeping boundaries. You know, I'm keeping those boundaries. The negative experiences of life, the words of men, the labels, the hurts. That is what keeps the door locked. But as I look, saying, oh, Holy Spirit, you know, now I'm a bit more clued in. And I know to ask the Holy Spirit for help. And then he says to me, look clearly. Put on my contact lenses. Yes, the Holy Spirit has contact lenses. He has 20-20 vision. He says, my daughter, put on my contact lenses. Look closely. And then I see, I see a key. Small key is on one small hook. If you blink, you'll miss it. So I say, what is this key? He says, it opens the door. I say, yes, but what does it mean? He says, it's your faith. I say, faith. He says, yes. Without faith, it's impossible to please me. He tells me, take the key. This key to this big mansion is only this small key says yes but we have to make a decision to accept the key after accepting the key to use the key you know you can be oh I have faith I have faith um, yeah I have you know sis you know I have faith you know you have, you have faith in you. I'm the faith yeah what do you do with the faith they say open the door is readily available to us. But you have to reach out, pick up the key, open, and come inside. You don't need big faith. Jesus said, faith the size of a mustard seed. And as I looked at it, I said, so what's the opposite of faith? It's fear. How much fear do you need to be paralyzed? Is it big fear? So if you will allow fear. Will you not just allow faith? And what do you have faith in? We have faith in the reliability of the word of God. The truth of God's word. That's what we have faith in. And faith is not just something intellectual. You know, I have faith. We, faith is, is a working verb. If there's such a thing, I don't know if it makes sense, but you know what I mean. You work faith. After we have faith, so I've got the key, I've opened it, but I must repent of my unbelief. I must repent of all the, you know, of where I've come from that's, that's prevented me thus far to get to where I need to get my inheritance. And then we go, we keep moving, we're moving, we're moving. This repentance is important. 
Because if you don't repent, there's a fellow that is called the accuser of the brethren. Just as you're about to pick up the mic or give the word to the king, remember we're standing before kings, he comes and says to you, just whispers, after what you did yesterday, where are you going? And immediately, immediately, the boldness, the courage disappears. Okay, all of you are holy. It's never happened to you. It's happened to me. And then and then, repent. There and then, immediately, repent and return. There's a place of repenting and sitting in the pool of repentance. Woe is me. I did it. Oh, help me, God. Repent. Return. And start over. You have faith. Repent and return. Joel 2, 12 to 13 says, Now therefore says the Lord, Turn to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. So rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. So I've repented. I have the key. I'm in the mansion. I want to explore my inheritance. I want to grab all that I have to grab. I want to make use of all that he's given me so that I can begin to do that which he purposed for me to do on the face of this earth. But as I go in, I'm sad because there are so many unused rooms in this mansion. There are so many resources that I have not even, be I haven't begun to scratch the surface. The gifts of the Spirit the fruit of the Spirit, the blessings of Abraham, the promises that has through Christ that are just laying fallow, covered, they're dusty, just there. The rooms are just so many. And I'm like, ha, huh, are you saying? And this house is not in heaven, no. So don't think, oh, it's when we get to heaven. I'm talking about now. This inheritance here on earth. The dusty covers represent what? Our lack of knowledge. Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. He didn't say they die. He said they perish. We disregard the depth of, you know, the heritage that we have in Christ because we don't bother to learn. We don't bother to learn. How do I get the knowledge? So I asked him again. Remember, he's now, we're now together, Holy Spirit. So, sir, how do I get this knowledge? Clearly, I've been perishing. Because, see, all the things I'm supposed to, where do I get this knowledge from? He takes me by the hand, shows me to another room. It's called the Grand Library. And in this Grand Library, wow, there's so many books. There's so many books. So immediately, I'm like, hmm, this is like the Word of God, right? And he goes, yes. There are manuscripts. There are scrolls. There's history. There's law. There's wisdom. There's prophecy. 
the letters, the gospels, all ready for us to get this knowledge so that we do not perish and lose out on this inheritance that he has given to us. Amen? Amen. Are you still with me? Praise God. But then I go into the library and it's so quiet. Libraries are meant to be quiet, but this one is eerily quiet. Do you know why? Nobody, it's only the books that are talking. Nobody has gone there to read the books. Even though it looks dusty, when you open the books, they are as if they've just come from the printing press. So he says to me, you see, that's what happens. You don't read your Bible. You don't know what is there for you. I wrote, this illustrates how sometimes, but really, it's not sometimes, always overlook the Bible. You will look for one book that one man wrote in 1957. You will follow the page on mm, some big man in one place that you have not gone to. The Bible, under my very nose, I'm not reading it. So he says, but this is the primary source of your understanding. To understand this inheritance, all you need is in the Bible. My word is what? A lamp and a light. So for all the darkness, all the areas that we're asking questions about all the time, everything we need is in here. Amen? Not only are we supposed to read it, he even told Joshua, he says, meditate, reflect. That's how you get the cronje. If you went to law school, you know what cronje is. There's one man that cheated and they called, his name is cronje. So anything cheating, anything, you know, expo, expo, download, cronje. The cronje is here. The expo is here. Everything you need is in your word. The word of God is alive. It is active. It is sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit. Ha! Imagine sitting with the word and just digging. You know, like we said, we were told there is a time for digging and dwelling. Hebrews 4.12 The word is important. So remember, I'm in my library. The library part of this is my mansion. And I, they've told me, you don't have knowledge because you haven't gone into the word. So I go into the word. And then I look further into the mansion. I realize that, okay, so it's not really empty. There are a few people there. There's a remnant. Who caught onto this whole thing way before me? There are not many. There are not many, but they are there. And so... I'm sad because I'm like, ah, despite this big mansion, only a few inhabit it. Imagine Buckingham Palace having only one person living in it. No servants, no slaves, just one man going up and down inside. That's how we are with our inheritance. We haven't, we haven't, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. The mansion is inhabited by only a few. Many are called. 
but few are chosen. Who chooses the chosen? Who do you think chooses the chosen? Ah, Pimo. <laughs> I asked, I said, excuse me, sir, please. Who, this chosen, who are they? And what's so special about it? He said, the chosen choose themselves. Do you understand? So many are called. If I say, oh, all the women here today, um, okay, I'm not going to go that way. If I just have a general call and everyone comes out and I choose a few, some people will still, you know, they're still pushing and say, ah, me too. I want to, I want to benefit from this thing. So I said, who are the, who, who, who chooses the chosen? They choose themselves. They don't do, and I wrote here, it says, they, this, this chosen, mm, they don't do, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. They, we don't do that. I say, I say we, you say me, I've chosen myself. <laughs> we don't do that. The decision you make <laughs> will determine how much of the inheritance you can claim or reclaim if you have missed on it, I missed out on it in the first place. So this message is not supposed to make us feel, oh my goodness, so where am I going to start from? Let's start from the very beginning. Sound of music. By living in the light, that's how we get our promises. That's how we get this inheritance. When we are there, then you, you're radically changed and everybody wonders, how is it that you see? Why did you know to do this? You invest where everybody is not investing. You hear that one company is going bust, but you know it's not really going bust. You buy shares because the people we work for, like I say, tell you to buy those shares. And everybody is wondering, that's a bit foolish. And you're like, don't worry. And then two years later, they're like, how did you know? Okay. That's for somebody. Because that was not my notes. So the few, the few people who are left in the mansion are the faithful followers. They're the individuals, you know, who work out. You know, when you say the chosen choose the, the, themselves, they work out their salvation with fear, with trembling. They, 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 they've discovered the path. They've seen that it's full of weeds. But you know what? Rather than be discouraged, they take their, their, the sword of the spirit. I want to say they're cutlass. If you went to boarding school in Nigeria, you know what I'm talking about. You take your cutlass and you cut it. You cut. You cut through. You go through. Why? Because you know that your inheritance is waiting for you. They unlock the gates with the key of faith. They explore. They're not afraid to explore in, this, in their father's house, in their father's bosom. They discover the books of the Bible. They read. They study. They meditate. They, they keep fellowship with the brethren. They use the mansion's resources continually. And the more you use those resources, the more you discover his mercies are what new every morning. And how do we do this? We study the scripture. We have, there's, no, there's no shortcut. We have to pray. We pray. Bible says pray without season. 
We pray. We don't cease in praying. We pray. We pray and pray and pray. I'm reading what, um, a, a fiction, a Christian fiction book, and one of the um, the um, one of the ladies in the book was saying to another lady who's not a Christian. She says, "I pray anytime." And the non-Christian found it so strange. How do you mean you pray anytime? She says, I can pray at any time. She said, this your God is accessible to you all the time. She says, yes. She says, I have to pray in a particular way so many times. She says, no, I pray anytime. We studied the scripture to understand those promises, to understand the inheritance. We fellowship. We share this faith. Joshua 1.8, we meditate on and we speak God's word. You know, I know declarations have now become commonplace. But if you walked with me through this mansion, as I tried to get to this mansion, as I said, there were brambles, there were weeds, there was some warfare that I had to do. But I didn't go alone. Remember I said, excuse me, sir. I was talking to the Holy Spirit. So we don't walk alone. We don't grab our inheritance by ourselves. He died so that we will get this inheritance. He wants you to have it. But there's something you must do. I have some declarations up. We're going to declare. We're going to declare. And then we wrap up. We're going to declare. Thank you. If I may, so we've been sitting for a while. If I may ask you to please stand, stretch. You know how training, our trainers in the house, we stretch your legs. And we're going to declare. There are a couple. Thank you. Are we ready? One, two, go. Who takes hold of God's truth. Nothing separates me from a love of God. Today is a new day with God's love and power working in and through me. I bind up all the plans of the enemy and rebuke them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me as I shine for others to see. My mind is a bunker of truth. No lie can infiltrate it. I hear God's voice as he teaches me how to listen clearly. I am a chosen, valiant warrior for God. Next, please. My free gift of God is eternal life. I stand as a child of God who fights for time to be with Jesus. I command my spirit to come to life today and ready itself for new revelation. The power that brought Jesus back to life lives inside of me. Today is an opportunity to experience God in an even clearer way than I have before. I am equipped to do spiritual battle. The Lord has given me the perfect weapon. I am not afraid of the enemy's attacks or what he might appear to be doing. God's word rests inside me and gives me eternal wisdom. I am an unstoppable warrior in God's kingdom. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this gift. Help me to wield it wisely in Jesus' name.
With God, all things are possible. I am a fearless warrior who stands in the midst of battle with peace and strength because God's power lies inside of me. Therefore, the miracle or demon that is too big for the Holy Spirit. Today, I choose to follow wherever the Spirit leads me. I am made in God's image and share biological, physiological, and spiritual qualities with the Creator. I release blessings on all those around me and declare a release of heavenly attributes to earth. I embrace my calling as a citizen of heaven and welcome God's vision for my life. We done? I am adopted into Christ's kingdom and made an ambassador for his riches. I have authority through him to heal the sick and release the prisoners of darkness. I am a continuer of the work Jesus started and will not rest until everyone knows that Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. Pray, 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 pray. Take, take, appropriate those promises. Appropriate those declarations. We will not wait. We will not stop. We adopted into Christ's kingdom. We are ambassadors for his riches. We have authority through him to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to release the prisoners of darkness in the mighty name of Jesus. I am a continuer of the work Jesus started and will not rest until everyone knows that Jesus Christ is Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I have an open invitation today. The mansion, that mansion, the inheritances is there for us to take despite its current quietness. There's an open invitation for all to come and dwell. The benefactor. Jesus Christ, our Savior, has sent out countless invitations urging everyone to come to enjoy the fullness of this inheritance. He is keen to share it all. There's no hoarding in this kingdom. It's an invitation of love. It requires only that you accept and you step onto the path leading to that mansion. My brothers and sisters, will you accept it today? Will you accept the call to come? Will you come? Will you come to the Father through His Son? The Holy Spirit calls. He says, come. If you've never given your life to Christ, ever in your life, 
Get ready to do it now. There's so much to benefit from being in this camp. And if you gave it once upon a time and you took it back so you could manage it by yourself, your father says, come. If you identified like me with neglect, with hesitation, with <laughs> a spirit of unworthiness, that how can I come? How can I pick the key? If you are like me and you saw those unused rooms and you know you have untapped resources, if like me, you know that your Bible study time, your reading, your fellowship has waned, come. Your father says, come. It's important for not just to acknowledge, but we must actively, actively reclaim our spiritual inheritance. A huge price was, price was paid for it. The Holy Spirit says, come. And so, Father, I pray. I pray for courage. I pray for wisdom. I pray for strength to reclaim. I pray for strength to reclaim. I pray for an awakening in our hearts of the existence of the spiritual riches, the inheritance that's available to us in Christ. And I pray as I go, Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, will impart to us the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know Him through deepening intimacy with Him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our imagination, that He will flood us with light until we experience the full revelation of the hope of His calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that He finds in us, His holy ones. Thank you, Father, that as you call, we come. No matter how far gone we are, we are your sheep. We hear your voice. We have hearing ears and we have seeing eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org. 